Hello and welcome back to Chats with Jack's Connection Through Perception. I can't wait to start and document this journey with you all. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and this is where I come to organize my thoughts and speak my mind. For over a year now, I've been inspired to start this podcast, but I didn't have the confidence or motivation, and that's what I'm here to talk about. I have so many interests that I want to expand my knowledge on, so if you're also lost and confused, you're in the right place. Let's grow together. In today's episode, I get a little off topic, like always, but I dive into what actually got me sober. Just because it got me sober doesn't mean it'll keep me sober, and I'm also never going back there. But today, you learn you learn a little bit more about me and my addiction, where I come from, and where I'm going. Hello, hello, everyone. I hope this episode finds you well. If you're listening in real time, shout out to you. I'm a night owl and I thrive in the nighttime. But today is a very special day and I wanted to wait until midnight just because there's so much energy and you never know what's going to happen. But I'm celebrating nine months free of alcohol today. And if you're new to the podcast, alcohol is not my friend. And today we're going to dive into just addiction and turning pain into power and addiction being part of my story. I've hid my substance abuse for so long and I, I don't remember exactly how far along I was on my sobriety journey. But I I waited a while to actually post about being sober because it's taken me so long to actually have time under my belt. And time is a construct created by man. It means nothing. But for the last 272 days, I've woken up and chose myself. And I've woken up in my bed or my car bed or somewhere that I know I'm not waking up in jail or in a hospital or in some random person's bed and I am so proud of myself and it hasn't been easy but addiction is part of my story and I think that there is a huge misconception around addicts or people with substance use disorders or alcoholics in general. There's a huge misconception and part of my purpose is to break that stigma because I was institutionalized and I do not fit the typical stereotype for someone who keeps going back to jail and with my addiction I've talked a lot about you know, what alcohol has done to me and my anger, but I haven't talked about my time in jail. And that's a huge part of my story is my addiction led me back to that place so many times. There are so many factors that contributed to my addiction. Low self-worth, abuse, family dynamics and generational trauma and 
processing it all the last nine months. Excuse me. I'm like, I'm so emotional. And if you guys know me or if you've listened to earlier episodes or if you follow the Instagram, you know how deeply I feel. And I'm probably going to cry multiple times during this episode. I just want to let you guys know that there has just been so much emotion and so much release and I feel so powerful. I feel so strong. I thought that I felt this way before when I was trying to start my healing journey, but while I was still drinking, but I finally truly feel a sense of just belonging and self-worth and just freedom. Oh my gosh, freedom. So to celebrate my freedom, I spent all of today outside in nature and I actually went back to a trail that I've already done. I'm known for going back and visiting or hiking the same trail multiple times. I'm a very sentimental person and I love, I don't know if that makes sense, but I love going back to the same place and seeing it in a different perspective and coming to it with it with a new mindset. And so I went back to a very difficult trail and I remember it being super hard, but I was drinking at the time. So I was like, okay, I'm sober now. I've been really diving into my yoga practice and just I'm I'm a lot healthier now. So I was like, okay, like let's do it. And it was still super fucking hard and I was having trouble breathing and taking hella stops and it just reminded me, I related it like to sobriety that even though I'm sober, life doesn't just get easier. It's still going to be hard, but being sober for me means that I'm learning how to properly deal with the problems that life throws at me and I'm learning how to respond instead of react. And that is a beautiful journey to be on, sober or not. Everybody is on their own journey and recovery comes in many different forms. And like I said earlier, I I didn't fit the typical stereotype of an addict, but addiction means to crave something intensely. It's loss of control over the use of it and continuous involvement despite its consequences. I 100% fit the definition of an addict and it feels really powerful to say that because I have been in denial for so fucking long. I started drinking when I was 14 years old and the very first time I drank, I was, I got blacked out and I was at a park with my quote unquote friends And the cops showed up. And when the cops showed up, my friends got scared and they left me. And they told me to wait for them to come back until the cops left. And I don't remember exactly what what happened, but I remember waiting there. And it felt like forever. But I was blacked out. I was drunk. I, I have no idea how long I was actually there. But I went to leave and just walk away from where my friends had left me. And the police officer came up to me and I, I remember him grabbing me. And so this is cool to process right now because 
he grabbed me and my arm and was like, you know, what are you doing? Where are you going? Who are you with? Blah, blah, blah. And obviously I was belligerent and just like, don't touch me. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And the fire department was called. The ambulance was called. Everybody was called. The whole town. (laughs) I'm kidding. But it was a very big ordeal. And this was the first time that I had drank alcohol. Obviously, I've taken sips of my parents before. But, like, the first time I bought alcohol, it was Mike's Hard Lemonade, Malibu Rum, and Four Locos. What a fucking mix, y'all. Like... It started out so intense. You can just imagine how gnarly it got. And it really did. You guys, it destroyed me. And I'm so lucky to be alive. So that was the first time I drank. There were many, many times after that. And um, I think that probably, like I said, a lot of factors contributed to it genetics generational trauma but the abuse for my relationship was a really big factor in choosing to numb out with alcohol and once that abuse started happening and I knew that alcohol could give me the escape that I needed it it was game over and so when the relationship ended after the abuse all I had was alcohol I completely abandoned my friends and because of the relationship I had nobody and I chose that I chose him over my friends because I so deeply just wanted to be loved and so when he left me I didn't know what to do with myself and I instantly turned to the bottle, whatever I could get my hands on. I didn't have, I think that IPAs would probably be like my go-to because I was like, oh, it's beer. It's not hard liquor. And I chose IPAs because I didn't have to drink that much, but I still would drink a six pack to myself and piss my bed literally or end up in jail literally. But, um, it's not funny, but it is. And I can laugh about it now because I'm not doing those things anymore. And it's beautiful because somebody else has gone through this shit too. And somebody else knows how it feels. And maybe they're not at their rock bottom anymore. Because I definitely hit rock bottom and kept digging and tried to moderate and thought I was doing good. But then I, I went downhill again and fell down the well into just nothingness. So to give you guys a little visual, this is the timeline that I created last night looking through most of my court documents. I don't have all of them, but I have most. Actually, pause. This was also a really big factor. I talk a lot about, I've been talking a lot about the energy that July holds and all that's going on. So I kind of just want to start there. July 2018, uh, a moth just landed on my windshield 
I have a moth tattoo, and moths symbolize death and rebirth, and they are just attracted to light in the darkness, and so that was beautiful. So July of 2018 is when my parents split up, and we moved out, and my siblings, it was it was this weird thing, because obviously my whole life they were together, and one month after I graduated high school, and me and my ex were going through our split, but we had a trauma bond, so we stayed together throughout a lot of this time, on and off, and just like toxic, and it was horrible, and so when my parents split up, that was kind of just this huge turning point in my family dynamic, and because I had already turned to liquor to numb myself from the abuse of the relationship, of course, during this time, I turned to the bottle again. And slowly but surely, I started getting in trouble. June of 2019 was the very first time I was arrested. And I went to a concert with my mom. Everything was normal. Everything was fine. But when I drink, there comes a certain point when I switch. And I don't know exactly what happens. I don't... Aw, you guys. The night that my ex literally beat the shit out of me and almost killed me, I was drunk. And I feel like ever since then, I have had such an angry side of me when I drink and just in general I'm so angry I'm so angry and I don't know if it's because I don't remember the night that he did that but fuck that has nothing it does it has something to do with it but I'm getting off topic and if you guys have listened to any of the other episodes you know that that's what you're in for so um circling back I get angry when I drink, and I tried to fight my mom. I tried to fight the security guards. Uh, She pressed charges on me. I did fight the security guard. I don't know what I did to her. Probably punched her in the face and had all my rings on. Um, But I got arrested. I went to the hospital, actually. They took me to the hospital, and that was normal. I had been to the hospital many, many times. I'm, I suck at telling stories. So June of 2019, I I was recently 18 years old. And so before then, any time that I had drank and gotten out of control, I was just taken to the hospital. But after turning 18, they could take me to the county jail. And so I got taken to the hospital and I remember... The morning after I was released from the hospital, I was met by two officers and they were like, we're taking you to jail. You're under arrest. And I freaked out, obviously. And I went to jail and it was a weird jail, y'all, because I have been to multiple jails, but this one was like co-ed and we like I was in the same room as the men. And I made friends, of course, with one of the dudes I met in jail. And when we got released from jail, I went fishing with this motherfucker. Like, what? (laughs) I have to tell you guys all this funny shit and release it and get it out and laugh at it. Because, 
of who I am now and what I'm turning it into and the space that I create for people now. I made friends with this dude in jail, obviously, because I'm a talkative person and I want to help people. I don't think that I am meant for jail, but I know that every time I was hospitalized or in jail, I made a difference in those people's lives. And that sounds really, really shitty, but I was put there for a reason and I went through those things for a reason because not a lot of people get to experience that. Not a lot of people get to say that they have been arrested more than they can count on their fingers and probably toes. (laughs) July 17th, 2019, my sister and my mom took me to my first Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And oh my God, I was in denial, y'all. I was the only alcoholic there under the age of 40. I swear everyone was gray-haired. And its I'm not saying nothing about old people in AA, but there is a stereotype. Just like for addicts, that stereotype, usually people think of a homeless person under a bridge, just like a nasty person on the street. But I am an addict and I need to break that stereotype because we don't choose this. Nobody wants to be addicted to a substance or gambling or whatever it is that they're addicted to. Nobody chooses to be an addict. It is an addiction for a reason. It is mind-altering. So in July of 2020, a year after I was introduced to AA, I got my second DUI. And the first DUI was kind of bullshit. I wasn't actually driving. I was in the passenger seat, but I was so intoxicated that the officer was like, nope, no way. We are not letting you free. Um, but then a month later after that DUI is when I got my second. So God was just like, yo, why the fuck are you driving drunk? You're going to kill someone or kill yourself. And thank God that didn't happen. You guys, I'm so lucky that my addiction did not physically harm anyone. I'm saying that I almost want to take it back because I did physically harm people because I was so aggressive. (sighs) There's so much to unpack in this. Part one, no, (laughs) probably. Um, And then July of 2021, a year after my DUIs and all that bullshit, I was just in denial. I I was living at the summer camp and I was partying and luckily I didn't get arrested while I was down there, but I was still faking it and just in denial and I wasn't going to stop anytime soon. And then a year after that, July 2022, I was working at the casino and that kind of opened my eyes to what addiction can really do to someone and how if I continued to go down the path that I was, I would end up dead or institutionalized for real prison. It it opened my eyes, but I still wasn't done drinking. So I was heavily in my moderating this time last year. That's kind of um, still vague. 
and it sucks because even with my notes and even with all of this like processing that's been happening the whole entire month of July I still feel lost and that is just like the epitome of life is we are never going to know and there is you're never going to be where you need to be because you just need to be it's beautiful the amount of awareness I have now I've always had awareness but I've never put it into action and so it's beautiful being able to take accountability to take my power back and to take action so this time last year I was moderating and I was doing really really well with my moderating and working at the casino as a cocktail waitress I was making a lot of money and I decided to quit my job I believe it was August of last year and go on a road trip to find myself. I was moderating my drinking, whatever. I didn't know. I didn't have a purpose. And so they say with addiction that there, there's a, there is a statistic that says that 60% of people with substance use disorder relapse because they feel they have no purpose. And holy shit, do I resonate with that? Because for the, I don't, I didn't know what my purpose was. I know now what my purpose is. And it's just to be real and authentic and loving to open the door for genuine connection and to create a safe space. I love everyone so much, but the last nine months have taught me that in order to love everyone to my fullest potential I need to love myself and loving ourselves is the hardest journey that we will embark on it's our whole life but I've started it and I'm on it and I love it and it's amazing and I thought that I had started it when I was on this road trip I was visiting family and friends that I met during my time doing seasonal work but I have a note from my road trip and essentially I was just meshing into everyone else's lives because I couldn't stand to be alone with myself and it's horrible but alcohol gave me something that I haven't found with any other substance or any other plant medicine or whatever alcohol just numbed me and I didn't care about anything else. And so while I was moderating my drinking on this road trip and doing very well with it, I circled back to the Grand Canyon. And I don't know if I've touched on my seasonal work in the Grand Canyon, but I was deep, deep, deep in my addiction when I was living in the Grand Canyon. And so on my road trip, It wasn't supposed to be the last stop, but the Grand Canyon ended up being the last stop. And essentially, I was going back to the Grand Canyon to visit my homies and to make peace with her because I was moderating and I was doing better, and but I wasn't. And on October 18th, 2022... I woke up and I started drinking and I had been drinking the past few days that I had been there 
But I woke up at like 9 a.m. and started drinking. And by 5 p.m. that night, I was being taken to the county jail in Flagstaff, Arizona. And Arizona is very different than California with their laws. And liquor in general, they have like a no tolerance, especially because of the reservations. And we all know our native homies. I have a little bit of native in me. We can't handle our alcohol. And I was charged with disorderly conduct, which I have been charged with many, many times in my drinking career. Like I said, I've been arrested more times than I can count on my fingers. And there's definitely going to be a part two for this turning pain into power because this was all my pain. But I was charged with disorderly conduct and pleaded guilty and spent two months in county jail. And If you were to look at my record and see all the hospitalizations, all the arrests, the, I say the abuse would be in my record because I went to a mental hospital after my ex beat me, but how could you not look at that and see that I needed help? And I don't know, because of my experience there and my time in jail, Two fucking months is a long time, you guys. So I have nine months sober, but two of those months were in jail. Two of those months, I was forced to be sober. And the girls made Pruno. And you can imagine all of the drugs that were snuck in and offered. But I actually took that time to finally just sit with myself. Because when I was in my drinking, all I wanted was an escape. So jail finally gave me that escape. And maybe in California, y'all need to stricten, stricken, strict, be stricter on your laws. And I wouldn't have continued to go down the path because spending a night in jail was fine. I was fine with that. But two months was horrible. Luckily, when I was released from jail, I had a very special person by my side who played a huge role in keeping me sober and I don't know if they'll ever listen to this or hear me talk about this but I love them deeply and dearly and they're no longer in my life because those first few months of sobriety fresh out of jail were horrible and I was almost as bad as I was in my addiction because no matter where we go you're still there and all my demons were still inside me just because I wasn't drinking doesn't mean that I was instantly better but the last seven months I've been doing things to help me heal and to help me get better been going to yoga and I've been very adamant about my practice having a routine hanging out with people who bring me joy and who just fill my cup up talking to myself, talking to you guys, having a form of release, being open, being authentic, being real. All of these forms of self-care have contributed to keeping me sober. And I have to thank Jail for all of the crazy stories that I now have. And I have to thank myself in my addiction because I wouldn't be who I am today without 
all of that pain and I still don't know exactly what I'm doing with it or why I'm here, but I know that sharing my story is going to help someone. And if anything, someone's just going to laugh and get a kick out of it because I have been embodying such a peaceful, nature-loving, hippie persona, and that is who I have always wanted to be. But because of my past, I felt like I couldn't be that. But I am not my past. I am me, and I'm always growing, always learning, and figuring that out. And I'm sorry for always trauma dumping on you guys, but thank you for being here, and thank you for allowing me to do so, and thank you for listening to my story of how I got to where I am today. This was so unorganized, and expect a part two. There's so many part twos coming. I love you guys, and thank you for letting me just ramble and be myself. I hope that if you're healing, we're all healing, but I hope that if you're healing from substance abuse or addiction of any sort that you seek help, I am always a safe space and my messages are always open for you, no matter what you're going through. Addiction, recovery, whatever, life, generational anything I'm here to listen and to just be here with you. I may not have the right advice or the right words to say, but I will listen and I will feel exactly what you are feeling. So thank you for allowing me to create this space for myself. Thank you for allowing me to create this space for you. And happy motherfucking nine months of sobriety to me. 272 days. I woke up and chose myself. It feels weird to say. I love you. I can't wait to make peace with Arizona. I can't wait. I'm already making peace with myself. I am at peace. I am whole. I am worthy of the unconditional, authentic, and true love that I am going to give myself. Okay, that was so much energy. Thank you guys for following along. I appreciate you for being here. If you feel inclined to, follow us on Instagram at Connecting Perception or my personal account at Jakiwi, J-A-K-I-W-I-I-I. -I -I. 